You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, a very good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre, as you heard, serving WA for over 45 years and the new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Great to have your company today. Just uh, some live sport that's currently underway, all thanks to Tyre Power. And you can visit your local Tyre Power store today for a free tyre safety inspection. There are over 50 stores across WA in the historic test match between the Australian women and South Africa. At the moment, Australia lead by 75 runs with seven wickets remaining. Uh, they lost uh, Phoebe Litchfield for four, Elise Perry for three, and Talia McGrath for naught. And they were certainly in real trouble, were the Australians at one stage. Uh, they were three for 12. But now, Beth Mooney, who, of course, sees WA as adopted home, playing for the Perth Scorchers in the WBBL. She's 68 not out. She's hit 11 boundaries in her 68. And Elisa Healy, who we spoke to yesterday uh, as a preview to this test match here on Sports Day WA, is on 69. She came in at number five. She's only faced a 79 ball. She's been in great form and hit 12 fours. So they have stabilised from three for 12 to now be three for 153. That's after earlier today, uh, they routed the South Africans for 76 on the back end of Darcy Brown, who took five for 21. Annabel Sutherland, I saw her bowling. At one stage, she'd bowled six overs and had something like two for five. She ended up with nine overs, two maidens, three for 19. And there was two wickets to Talia McGrath off three overs. So uh, a huge performance in the extreme heat here in Perth by uh, the Australian bowlers getting... South Africa dismissed for 76. Australia won the toss and, by the way, sent South Africa into bat. There was a bit in the wicket, as you'd expect, at the WACA ground. And Australia lost some early wickets before, as we mentioned, uh, getting back on track and now forcing themselves into very much a winning position at three for 153. And the Wildcats in action, they've uh, stitched up, as we know, uh, a top two spot. And they're taking on the Illawarra Hawks, who they haven't beaten this season. And currently they lead by 26 points to 24 in the second period. A bit of footy news. You heard it earlier that Hawthorne is facing an injury crisis a month out from its season opener and could lose James Blank for a whole year 
after today's intra-club game went horribly wrong for the key defender. Uh, Blank will await the results of a scan after suffering a suspected ACL tear in the second half of the match, while a despondent uh, CJ uh, limped off the field with a hamstring injury after repeat injuries crueled the uh, his 2023 season, Jath. Uh, he's a fantastic young product, and uh, let's hope he gets back on the track before not too long. And the injuries came after Hawthorne also revealed before the match that vice-captain Dylan Moore had been diagnosed with glandular fever and will keep him sidelined for at least one month. Jack Darling of the West Coast Eagles uh, was via video link in court today, uh, for those people that don't know, because... Uh, Kerry Stokes, 7 West Media, they're gearing up to defend a defamation suit at the hands of the West Coast Eagles star Jack Darling over those headlines about his alleged stance on the COVID-19 vaccine after supposedly peace talks failed between the parties. Now, 7 West Media lawyer Rob Anderson uh, Casey told the federal court the company was eager to get the case moving during a hearing today having formally lodged its defence and prepared to issue subpoenas. Now, the 31-year-old darling uh, dragged the media giant and Seven News Perth sports reporter Ryan Daniels to court in January of last year, claiming coverage of his alleged reluctance to comply with WA strict COVID vaccination rules was false and defamatory. Now, darling watched on a video link today as his lawyer Jason McLaren or McLaurin called on Justice Craig Colvin to give the parties more time to negotiate outside court, foreshadowing the possibility of a bid to slash parts of Seven West defence from the court file. So a bit of a distraction there for Jack Darling as he works his way through this currently. All right, if you want to join us on the temper or the text line zero four eight seven. 736736 or the Scarborough Toyota Osmond Park open line 131255. I was hoping to get certainly a former opening batsman uh, for Australia on the program today. I actually reached out to Justin Langer, but JL texts me back, says, Pete, I can't do, I'm actually broadcasting the cricket. So JL's involved in commentary responsibilities at the WACA ground in the women's test between Australia and South Africa. So I was unaware of that. But I'd like, and I had looked at a poll that was conducted just recently, in fact, at the end of 2023, of the top five Australian opening batsmen of all time. On the back end, as you heard yesterday, or in fact, the other night when I was broadcasting with Brad Hogg, the West Indies Australia T20 match here at Optus Stadium. Dave Warner signalling his farewell. His last game on Australian soil was here at Optus Stadium. He will go to New Zealand now for the tour and then finish uh, his career totally uh, after the T20 World Cup. And it got us thinking, got people thinking, got people writing and talking about it. They're possibly the greatest opening bats for Australia in their time. So why don't you give it a go and uh, see if you can we can slowly tick off the top five greatest Australian opening batters uh, in the history of men's cricket, okay? Men's cricket, the top five opening batters. Can you identify them? In fact, there was a couple of polls conducted recently, and it's a very interesting list. Um, 
five through to one. And I think uh, you'd go pretty close to getting them. And most of them actually are in more recent day. The likes of Bill Laurie and co uh, are outside the top five. Of course, Bill back in the late 60s, early 70s. All right, uh, coming up later on, we'll check in with the Western Force. Uh, They've made some coaching appointments, well, extensions to uh, coaches there, and they prepare for what I'm thinking could be a very exciting season for the Western Force. So we'll speak to one of their uh, coaches who's accepted an extension on his contract a bit later on. We'll tell you more when uh, we get to that. But uh, some other big news today has been, it appears that Melbourne property baron Ross Poligra has committed significant capital investment to revive the fortunes of Perth glory after agreeing terms to acquire the licence for a pittance. Now, the fee paid by Poligra, who at one stage offered a dollar for the club in previous takeover attempts late last year, is understood to be of token value with a pledge to plough up to $4 million each year, that's $4 million each year, into running the club. As we know, goodwill and, of course, the losses it's uh, had over uh, the recent times, particularly under Tony Sage, who's been quite vocal regarding the amount of money that he's had to pour into the club out of his own pocket. Well, it appears this group has said that we will commit $4 million each year into running the club and that believes to have been the deciding factor in the Australian Professional League and the receiver, Corda Mentha, giving the go-ahead to the acquisition. I believe that Pellegra is flying to Perth tomorrow and is expected to be unveiled as Glory's long-sought saviour in front of the fans on Saturday night at HBF Park when they take on the Brisbane Roar. And Perth uh, will become the second football franchise in his stable after the purchase and subsequent uh, revitalisation of uh, Italian Serie seaside Catania, who, of course, are Sicilian-based. And what's really interesting and exciting, I'd say, regarding this is the fact that uh, two of the senior and more prominent people in the company are former Socceroos in Vince Grella and also Marco Bresciano. And I believe that Stan Lazaridis here in Western Australia may have an involvement as well. A man that played with both Bresciano and also Grella for the Socceroos is our very own Alex Brosk. So I've invited him on the program to have a chat about what this means for the Perth glory in relation to the ownership that appears to be uh, happening at the weekend. Alex, uh, thanks for joining us here on Sports Day WA. No problem, Peter. Thanks for having me on the show, mate. We've been crying out for ownership of the Perth glory. There was one failed attempt, as we know, a couple of months ago, but this looks like it's about to materialise, and a couple of mates of yours are heavily involved with it. Yeah, and look, I mean, it's exciting. I, I think, um, you know, especially with these two guys. Pellegra, we, I'd heard that was coming in to potentially buy, but uh, the involvement of not only he, but Bresciano and Grella, these two guys have so much knowledge in football uh, around the world, given, given how much time they spent abroad and how successful they were. These are two guys that love the game like nobody else, and to have them involved, um, you know, and taking ownership of, of a football club here in Australia is is great. How important it is, uh, from your experience, to have football people involved in football clubs? Because as we know, a lot of clubs don't have these football people. Look, I think it's, it's incredibly important. I think especially from that uh, incredible generation of players, the, the, the 
you know, golden generation of players that we had. That that team was incredible. They were all playing in the best leagues in the world. And these two guys in, in Serie A for as long as they did. So I think the, the amount of knowledge um, that they can bring to a football club, for me, it's been crying out for something like this for so long. I don't know why these types of players haven't been involved in higher positions within our, you know, football organisations to help run football. I think we've got, you know, a lot of suits who uh, don't know the game too well and, and treat it as a business as opposed to looking after the fans, which is what, you know, we're seeing in, in recent years. Is that, that's what the game is about. The game is about our fans and what and what they want. And yes, you know, there there is an extent of, of business to football, but ultimately your fans are the ones that you're trying to bring through the gates and these are the people you're trying to keep happy. The football has been fantastic to watch. Uh, I saw a stat today. There's more goals in the A-League than any, anywhere around the world at the moment. So the, the entertainment is there. We've got a great product, but, you know, it's the fans that we need to get through the gates. And, um, look, I, I think former football players of this type of calibre need to be involved in our game and need to be helping make decisions. So I'm excited to see what these guys bring uh, to the Perth Glory. And I think the Perth Glory are looking at it, announcing it in the home game against the Brisbane Raw here on Saturday night because I believe that Ross uh, Poligra will be in attendance and will be a guest uh, at the chairman's function on Saturday night. So it could be a big night for the Glory. What do you think you'll do for the profile of the A-League to have uh, former Socceroos involved back in the A-League on this occasion, from management level. Well, again, it's not having players involved for the sake of you know having former players. These are these are guys, and I'm talking specifically specifically about guys that know the game inside out and played at the highest level. They've been to clubs uh, around the world and know how things work inside out. So, for me, these are two of the biggest names our country and two of the best footballers we've ever produced. So, I think you know just as important as it is to have you know, high-profile marquees coming to our league to help and get people through the gates. I think having guys like Bresciano and Grilla uh, involved at a club just raises the profile of the club. Um, It makes people want to connect with the club, and and that's ultimately what we're trying to do. We're trying to get fans to connect the clubs, and these two guys are legends of our game. So I think it's going to lift uh, the Perth glory, hopefully, into a a new... uh, a new era, a new exciting era. Yeah, good on you, Alex. And we believe that Stan Lazaridis, unofficially, I believe that may he may be involved from a local perspective, being a successful West Australian footballer uh, who went to the top of the, the game uh, in his playing days, of course, with the Socceroos and West Ham and Birmingham City and, and other clubs. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Alex, and uh, no we'll problem. keep in touch here on SENWA. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, good on you. Alex Bross speaking uh, from his experience and certainly knows the characters of the two former Socceroos that are currently involved in this venture. Exciting times. I think it's a a great acquisition and probably in some ways better than the failed ownership that didn't get across the line a few months ago because these two have shown by taking control of an Italian club that they can resurrect the fortunes of clubs that uh, maybe have hit some hard times. And as we know, the glory have. So I think it's a a great ownership. I think it's a blessing in disguise that the previous one didn't get up because I just feel this one is a better option. And it could be an exciting night on Saturday night when the new owners are unveiled. And I gather that maybe Ross, as we mentioned, Ross Poligra will be in attendance and he may address the fans. So, Glory fans, if you're contemplating going on Saturday night, I reckon go along. It could be uh, 
a very exciting night. And they're pl- taking on the Brisbane Raw, who, by the way, caretaker coach, Ruben Zadkovic, the fellow who was in charge of the glory last season and the final season of Tony Sage, and his assistant coach, Chris Coyne, who was his assistant at Perth Glory and, of course, played with the Perth Glory when he returned back uh, from playing in the UK with Luton Town. So I tell you what, there's uh, a lot of different uh, slants to uh, the intrigue on Saturday night at HBF Stadium. It gets underway at 6.45. Uh, The Hawks lead the Wildcats 46-41. As I said, we're in the second period, about three minutes and 49 seconds to go. The uh, Wildcats have not beaten the Illawarra Hawks this NBL season. And at this stage, just trailing a fraction, but still plenty of time. It's a quarter past five here on Sports Day WA. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, and as I said at the top of the program, uh, with David Warner deciding he's played his final match on Australian soil and his imminent uh, retirement from the game after the T20 World Cup, there's been polls conducted in recent days about the top five. Some have done the top ten, but the top five Australian batsmen of all time. Now, Darren says, Pete, in any order, Bob Simpson, Mark Taylor, Matthew Hayden, Bill Brown or Ponsford, Langer or Warner... Uh, that's from Darren. Well, uh, you've put down quite a few there. I can tell you that Justin Langer came in at four, Dave Warner at three, Mark Taylor at two, and Matthew Hayden at one. Who's number five? We still haven't identified number five. So get on the – and I'll come back to that list in a moment and the reasons why they've been listed that way. But get on the text line now. See if you can identify number five. 0487 736 736. JL, Justin Langer is at 405 test matches. And his average was in the vicinity of about 45.27. He was at four. Dave Warner was at three. Mark Taylor, the former Australian captain, is at two. And Matthew Hayden. At one, his average in Test cricket was 50.73, 30 hundreds uh, he made. And, of course, his highest score was 380. Uh, and that will never be beat. I think it was against Zimbabwe, and it may have been here as well. So who was number five? And if you get it, if you get it, we might give you a little prize. I go, I've got a couple of tickets uh, to give away to go to the movies, okay? So if you want to... Um, have a stab at that if you live in the Perth metro area or if you're in the country listening in and you've got someone in that you want to spoil, uh, I've got a couple of tickets uh, to go to Reading Cinemas and you can go along to the movies. I'll get them to Jimmy and Jimmy can mail them out to you. Uh, just just updating uh, a bit of news that's just come through. Those people that were keen to get to the uh, Greyhounds tonight down there in Mandurah, uh, Greyhounds or Dogs WA have just informed us that tonight's Mandurah meeting has been abandoned due to the heat. And those people listening in the southeast corner of our state, uh, I know that the Esperance Harness Race, oh, sorry, the Esperance Thoroughbred Racing Meeting has been called off tomorrow as well. 
and will now be run on Monday. So the Esperance races are off tomorrow. There's about 39, 40 degrees forecast for the southeast corner of Western Australia tomorrow and those races that now have been rescheduled to Monday. All right, some footy news today. Uh, Brian Cook, we know him very well, and he's been such a great servant of football, both at WAFL level and AFL level for a long, long time. Uh, West Coast Eagles chief executive, then moved to Geelong and now is at Carlton. And they like uh, what he's doing at Carlton. Uh, Brian Cook was given an extension to his CEO's contract until the end of 2025. And this is what he said about it. What's really heartening from my point of view is the um, not only are we doing uh, well on field and off field and doing good in the community, but we're we're doing right from a behavioural point of view and a values point of view. I think uh, leaders have to add value, like Luke does and like Fossey does. And so I just wanted to be reassured by my people, whether they report to me or I, I report to them, that I was adding value. And um, uh, the value they thought I was adding was uh, leading the whole of plan, whole of club business plan and being the keeper of the culture, which I think is really important. So uh, thanks very much for uh, your endorsement. I look forward to the next two years. Yes, yeah, good on you, Cookie. And I'm just wondering if you'll come over to Perth because he comes every year or every second year. He does the Roto swim. Brian Cook, very keen swimmer, swims every day down at Torquay. Uh, it used to be when he was at Geelong, which is just south of Geelong. I don't know where he swims now. You wouldn't swim in Port Phillip Bay. That'd be the last place you'd swim. You walk on the sand and you get stuck by a syringe. So you wouldn't actually you wouldn't actually go to St Kilda Beach. So I'm wondering where Cookie does his practice now. And because <laughs> it nearly happened to me many years ago. Let me tell you, I nearly walked on one when I was in Melbourne. Anyway. Uh, Cookie, uh, if he's listening to SENWA Sports Day, I'm uh, wondering if you're undertaking the Rotto Swim. That's coming up, I think, not this weekend, next weekend, the Rotto Swim. It is the next weekend. Uh, thank you very much, Heater. Uh, big news at Carlton, of course, Michael Voss also. He's been given an extension. He's at uh, one stage was out the exit door and then things turned around at the Blues and now they're very comfortable that he's the man to take them forward, not only in 2024, but all the way to 2026. A lot of this has actually been in the first initial instance about the transformation, and probably a lot of it's been spent so far on who are we? Like, what do we actually want to be? What's the, what's the new Carlton? Um, and to actually understand that properly, I still think you've got to be able to understand, first and foremost, what your history is, and the success of this great club over such a long period of time been nothing but impressed by the playing group, our staff, and the work's been done to be able to get ourselves to this point in time. Um, so well done to everybody. Um, we know we're on this uh, hopefully really long journey together. Um, but we move somewhat into a different phase now, um, and we move into a different part, which is about excellence. Um, and in some ways, <coughs> that's a lot harder. Uh, because it's about doing things repeatedly. And you don't get to do that unless you actually have stability, unless you have stability through your leadership, unless you have stability through your programs, then you can get to work on yourself. And as we get higher, and as it gets pointier, the margins are smaller, and they'll keep getting smaller. Uh, but it's our job to make sure we keep turning up every day and stay completely present to what we need to be able to do, not just today, but also tomorrow. So um, thank you very much. Um, Hopefully it's just as another piece um, to get ourselves where we need to be able to and remove all those sorts of distractions that you get asked throughout the year and we just focus on 
getting on with winning. I tell you what, uh, coaches and you know, people that speak in the football media, in fact, in the media, that is if you're in a professional sporting club, particularly just listening to Vossi there, he sounds more like a Greek philosopher than actually an AFL coach with some of the terms that he's used. Um, certainly would have gone over the head of a few people, but well done, Michael Voss, uh, an absolute champion player in that dynasty at the Brisbane Lions at the turn of the century and now uh, cutting his uh, teeth and doing a great job at the Carlton Footy Club, who have been touted as uh, maybe one of the clubs that could challenge uh, Collingwood uh, defence of the flag. And speaking of Collingwood, Craig McRae also was asked whether he sees himself as a long-term coach, this courtesy of the AFL website. I'm deliberate in saying that because I'm, I know this is not forever and I'm, I'm really conscious of that. Um, Can you I, say that now having achieved the success? Of, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I don't know, I just don't, I'm not going to put a ceiling on it. But also I'm a realist and I, and I, I stepped in, I, I don't know if you remember my first interviews, I'm, 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 I'm pumped to be here, I am. And, um, but I know it's not forever, so I'm really conscious to, to sit in it and, and appreciate what the opportunity I've been given. So well done to Craig McRae, out to uh, make it a successful defence of the Collingwood flag. And as I said, Michael Voss and the Blues will be keen to, to challenge him. Wouldn't it be great to see a Carlton Collingwood grand final? in 2024. And finally in footy, Freo have been bolstered with their key forward stocks ahead of the start of the season. They've added uh, Patrick Voss to uh, the rookie list. Uh, they announced the signing of Voss at the club uh, this evening. And uh, congratulations to him. The 20-year-old has been training with the club since December last year and is impressed with his forward craft and marking ability throughout the pre-season. Uh, he's kicked multiple goals also during the club's match simulations and intra-club games. So there you go, Patrick Voss uh, on the rookie list for the Fremantle Footy Club. That brings you up to date with the news in football. Uh, as I said, uh, do you, uh, this is uh, from Nathan in Bunbury. Hello, Nathan. Uh, pretty warm down there, I gather, too. Hello, Peter. Do you know what time the Dockers intra-club starts tomorrow? Well, they're being blessed because it's going to be a bit milder in Perth and the southwest tomorrow. We'll check it out for you, Nath, and keep listening. Uh, we will bring it to you. We're still chasing. We've identified four, courtesy of Darren, the top five Australian opening batsmen of all time. But we haven't got number five. We've got Justin Langer, who was at number four. We've got Dave Warner, who was at number three. Mark Taylor at number two. And Matthew Hayden at number one. Who's number five? Come on, throw a few names. Not Bob Simpson, who just come through. No, not Bob Simpson. A uh, bit more modern day than uh, Bobby. It's 29 past five. This is Sports Day WA. Thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre, and the new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day.
On this very hot Thursday, this is Sports Day WA. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. And, of course, the new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento. And now for Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers, we're going to check in with the Western Force. After all, the season is not that far away. They open their 2024 Super Rugby Pacific season on Friday the 23rd of February against the Hurricanes at HBF Park from 7 o'clock. Really looking forward to that. If you want to get along, tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster. A man that's been with the force since about 2022. This is his second full season in charge as the defensive coach. And uh, just the other day, he signed an extension that will take him through till 2025. And that is uh, a great appointment because I've just got a feeling that certainly the Western Force are going places. Will Eggleston joins us here on the program. Will, thanks for your time. No worries. Thanks for having me. And congratulations on the extension of the contract. I gather you enjoy being at the Western Force and maybe enjoy the WA lifestyle as well. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, a fantastic place to live. Um, coming from England, it's uh, been more sunny days here than I have in my lifetime over there. So... That's always a positive, and um, yeah, with the force, we're, we're definitely going in the right direction. So um, it's great for me to be locked in for, for another year or so. No doubt, born and bred in the UK, and uh, spent many years over there. You would never have experienced a forty-three degree day in the UK. No, I can uh, no, I can officially say I've never experienced a forty-degree day, and we've had uh, we've been training in quite a few of those. So. Uh, I don't want to say I'm used to it just yet, but, uh, yeah, I'm getting better at being out in the heat for sure. And that's the other question. As far as pre-season training is concerned, has it inhibited uh, the build-up to the season because of the extreme heat we've had, particularly during February? Uh, not really. Um, we've Look, we try to change our schedule accordingly. Um, you know, we try and change time, making sure that we're not out in the heat right at the, the sort of peak peak of the, of the sun. Um, but the boys have adapted really, really well to it. You know, they uh, it was, it was a bit of a struggle at the start, but now the boys have adapted. We actually went over to to Brisbane to play the Reds a few weeks ago, and that was um, a different kind of heat. It was only 31 degrees over there, not not what we're used to, but uh, the humidity got us. So, uh, now the boys are ready for any any type of heat. And also, you've got a great relationship uh, through your past rugby uh, adventures uh, and career path with the current coach of the Western Force in Simon Cron, who as well has decided to stay on and extend his uh, involvement with the club, which is great news. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we, we've been coaching together now for, for quite a while. Um, with coaching, you know, you sort of, you, you build that trust over a number of years. And with a, with a coaching group, uh, trust is probably the main factor. You know, we, we sort of joke that we're a bit like a married couple, you know, we, we fight and debate over a few things, which is, which is healthy. Um, but you know, it's it's um, all for the betterment of the players and for the club. He signed, as we mentioned, Simon Cron, a two-year contract extension. What do you like about his coaching, being the head coach that he is? Well, he's just really direct and really clear in what he wants. Um, and that's out of, out of everybody at the Western Force, whether it's players, um, whether it's staff or, or coaches, you know exactly what he wants and what he expects from you. And then he'll give you the help and the guidance and the tools to be able to deliver that to the best of your ability. When you look at rugby, it's been hit a bit from pillar to post in recent times on the back end of the Wallabies failure at the recent World Cup. I gather from a super rugby point of view, there is a lot of uh, expats here that have rugby as their number one sport. 
And to be fair, over the years, they've probably underperformed a bit the Western Force. Do you sense that this coming season that commences in uh, just over a week could be something special? Yeah, definitely. Look, we've, we've sort of approached it. Um, you know, we want to make sort of the home of rugby out in the West. We want, you know, we want our players um, to be playing to a, a point where they can't be ignored. Um, and, um, you know, like we hosted the Sevens out here, for example, a couple of weeks ago, and, and the crowds were fantastic. So I think, you know, if, if we build it, um, we build our, um, what we want to do and, and keep producing the product on the field, then uh, it's only going to help Australian rugby. We know in rugby uh, the defence is such an important part uh, of the, the setup. But tell us about the defensive tactics that you employ and certainly the players that you're working with and whether defensively you have been strengthened from last season. Yeah, there's a few little system tweaks that, that we've made. It's not, not drastic things. Um, but I think what you'll see from, from our two pre-season games against the Reds and the Bombies, um Probably just that extra pre-season together to build cohesion has been really, really good for us. Um, and, and the boys having training together and playing together a lot more will help that. Um, there's a few technical things around some of, some of the new laws um, of the game that we've had to adapt to. Um, and then just using what we have. You know, we've got some really, really strong guys over the ball, tacklers um, to try and steal the ball. So that's probably where we're going to head a little bit more than maybe other teams would. What about, tell us more about technically some of the rules in the game that have subtly changed that could maybe add to the spectacle of Super Rugby. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's a rule just around the offside. Um, so if... if, if What's been happening recently is is you've just seen a lot of kicking and a bit of aimless kicking and um, the players players on my team when I kick haven't had to retreat back um, on side they can just sort of park up in the middle of the field and so therefore it's scared everybody out of running the ball um, so that's changed changed slightly so I'm I'm hoping that you'll see you know our back three players being able to catch the ball and and light it up and um, give uh, give our fans something to cheer about. What about the squad and the additions in the off-season? As I said, you were here last year. How do you compare this squad going into game one? Yeah, oh, look, we've made some really, really good additions. Um, you know, bringing in two Wallabies in, in Nick White, Ben Donaldson, and then you've got some aspiring Wallabies as well. Um, Nick and, and, and Ben, they'll be able to sort of guide us around the field and, and bring their sort of technical nous and, and leadership. Um, and then we've brought some forwards in as well, such as, uh, as Will Harrison and guys like Tom Franklin as well. They've really, um, really, really added to the group. I spoke to Neve O'Connor, the brand-new CEO of the Western Force, and talk about passion. She's got rugby running in her veins. So even off-field, it seems like the structure is uh, starting to bed in, which is great for the club. Well, that's exactly right. You know, like you say, Neve's... Uh, She's, she's a rugby nut. She absolutely loves it. And uh, she, she uh, just wants the best for, for everybody in the building, um, which is fantastic for us, you know. And, and she's, uh, she's on board with, with everything that we're trying to do and, and the, the culture that we're trying to create here. And uh, she's fully supportive of it. And it's fantastic for us. It's been a funny season last season. I think you mentioned the Reds in your preseason. If memory serves me correct, they uh, scored 60 points against you in the regular season last year. How do you think the Western Force can become more consistent and, more importantly, win games that need to be won here at home? Yeah, it probably comes back to that point I made I made before, uh, just around the cohesion. You know, we 
the, the problem with, with cohesion is if you have a big turnover of, of your squad um, in the off-season, your cohesion sort of goes out the window. So what we've tried to do now is, is bring in only a couple of guys and, and a couple of guys that we know that we want to stick around for a number of years, not just sort of one-season type guys. Um, and then giving them as much chance in training to be able to to train together and build the cohesion. And therefore, I think you'll also see guys coming off the bench. Uh, they'll be adding. I think, you know, you'll see from our, our Brumby preseason trial, we brought four guys off the bench who were all under that 20-year-old age bracket, and they all came on and were fantastic for us. So that's what we need in the back end of games. You've been involved uh, in the Northern Hemisphere when it comes to rugby, the Shoot Shield, and in Japan. How do you rate the Super Rugby Pacific competition? Oh, Super Rugby's fantastic. It's always been a dream of mine to coach in Super Rugby. Um, every week, you've got to be on your toes. There's absolutely no time you can sort of sit down and, and have a rest and rest on your laurels because you're going to get caught out. In every team that you play, there are game breakers all over the field. Um, and so, look, it's, it only gets the best out of you, doesn't it? It's fantastic. I am really um, feel really fortunate to be a part of it. And have you started to study the opposition in round one, being the Hurricanes? Yeah, yeah, we have. We started on them. Um, they played their first preseason game on, on Saturday. Um, and then they've got another one uh, tomorrow night, actually. So, yeah, we've done a little bit on the Hurricanes, not too much. Um, with a new sort of new coaching group, um, a couple of their senior players have, have, have headed overseas. So they're a little bit different from last year. But, you know, make no bones about it. We're going to have to be at our best to beat them at HBF Park on Friday night. Looking forward to it. Uh, get along. It all happens on Friday, February the 23rd, the start of the season, the Hurricanes against the Western Force. Will, thanks for joining us on the program. And again, congratulations on sticking around at this stage uh, until the end of 2025 with the Western Force. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Good on you. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Will. Uh, Good chat. Uh, Will Eggleston, the Western Force assistant coach. Uh, just before I go for a break, we're still trying to identify who's number five in the all-time Australian uh, openers list. That is the batter. Uh, four was Langer on the back end of Warner, of course, uh, stepping down at the end of the T20 World Cup. The top five uh, greatest Australian opening batters of all time. We've identified one, Mark Taylor. We've identified, in fact, Take it again. We've identified one, Matthew Hayden, number two, Mark Taylor, number three, Dave Warner, number four, Justin Langer. Who's number five? Jeff Marsh from Simon from Claremont. No, but Jeff is in the top ten, but not in the top five. Uh, Simon's also gone with Hayden, but we've just identified that Hayden is number one. Come and join us on the text line. See if we can knock it off before six o'clock. We've got that double pass to Reading Cinemas uh, to go if you're the lucky one. 0487 736 736. Not a bad place to go, Reading Cinemas. Get out of the heat, uh, the air-conditioned cinema. Or you can join us on the Scarborough Toyota Open line 13 12 55. It's a quarter to six. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state of the art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool center, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, welcome back to Sports Day WA. We still haven't identified the fifth greatest Australian opening batter of all time when it comes to the men's game. Uh, we've got the other four, but not the fifth. You've got just a, a couple of minutes uh, remaining, so get on the text line now, 0487 736 736.
736 736. And don't forget, uh, a quick community update here. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepare this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the Department of Fire and Emergency Services. Visit dfes.wa.gov.au. And this community update is thanks to new Firecoat, the first paint proven to protect property in high fire risk areas. And it's available at Bunnings Warehouse. The Wildcats are in action against Illawarra. And in the third period, with that just under five minutes to go, they trail 67 to 64. So a pretty close match there in the Illawarra between the Wildcats and the Hawks. And as I mentioned, the Wildcats haven't been able to beat the Hawks this NBL season. Maybe the first time will be tonight. Across the river at the WACA ground, the historic first test between Australia and South Africa is happening in the uh, women's competition. And the Australian women lead South African women by 122 runs with six wickets remaining. That's after earlier today, South Africa were routed for 76 all out. Uh, in fact, their top scorer was Soon Luz, uh, who made 26. Five for 21 was uh, the return for Darcy Brown with the ball for Australia. And the other chief wicket taker was Annabelle Sutherland, who bowled nine overs, two maidens, three wickets for 19. And having a look at uh, Australia, they were three for 12 at one stage. They lost Litchfield for four, Perry for three, and McGrath for no score. Good partnership between Beth Mooney and Elisa Healy, the captain of the Australian team, resurrected their fortunes before Beth Mooney fell uh, for 78. Uh, now, Healy is 85 not out, 14 boundaries, uh, 85 not out. She's nearing a century. Annabelle Sutherland has come in. She's 25 not out. So the Australian's in a commanding position uh, at the moment. Four for 204, leading by 128 runs in that test match with stumps uh, about 10 minutes away at uh, the tops. 70-68 uh, is the basketball scoreline. The Illawarra Hawks still in front. There is another very interesting uh, cricket match being played, and it's Ben Stokes, the captain of England. It's his 100th test match. I'll bring in the score in a, a moment, but Ollie Pope uh, spoke on uh, about Ben Stokes playing his 100th test. It's unbelievable. It's, for anyone to play 100 tests is an unbelievable experience, uh, achievement. Sorry, And... Um, I think he's obviously had his highs and his lows in his career, but what he's done since he's been captain has been amazing. And there's so many, so many sort of special moments that you can look back on his career and think, geez, this guy has sort of probably changed, changed the game a lot in a lot of respects. And he's, he's just got a way of bringing out the very best of him when it means the most to the team, even in the ashes at the summer at Lords. And I just remember thinking, like, how does he, he obviously takes it to a new level when all the pressure's on. And I think the amount of times he's done that over his career, over his 99 tests so far is, is an unbelievable, so many unbelievable memories and hopefully he can have 100 more. No, I'm not sure. But uh, it's been, um, yeah, great to watch, great to be a part of uh, and, yeah, hopefully there's many more for him. Yeah, well spoken by Ollie Pope. He's had a pretty good series so far in India. Well, India won the toss, elected to bat. And on one stage, they were three for 33. Uh, three for 33. So England were on top in Ben Stokes's 100th Test match. By the way, he becomes the 16th England cricketer to appear in 100 Tests. Uh, the 32-year-old also joins an elite club with uh, current internationals James Anderson and Joe Root, who have already played 100 Tests. So just repeating, it was three for 33, but India are now three for 237. 
And the captain of India, Rohit Sharma, is not out 131. He's hit 14 fours and three sixes. So he has just pummeled the England attack. England on top early. And Ravinda Jadeja is 84 not out. So a big partnership taking the score from 33 to 237 without further loss. So it's a partnership of 204 between Sharma and Jadeja. And as I speak, Sharma's just been dismissed, caught by Ben Stokes. Uh, the opposition captain of Mark Wood for 131. So the fourth wicket is down for India, four for 237. Well, that's basically the program. Hope you've enjoyed it uh, this week. Uh, I'll be back again on Monday between five and six. Uh, looking forward to what promises to be a big week next week. We will have a very special guest. Uh, I think it is on Tuesday and also on Wednesday in studio guests here on Sports Day WA. We've got a massive event, as we know, coming here to Optus Stadium uh, in a matter of days. And we'll focus on that event next week. But also, we will say farewell to one of uh, WA Sports' great people, has turned the fortunes of a particular sport around under this person's tenure, and I'll have that person in the studio next week talking about uh, that tenure and the changes uh, that that person had to make. I'm not giving anything away. You'll just have to tune in next week between five and six. I did that okay, I thought. Uh, 72-70, the Hawks lead. Three minutes to go in the third term in the NBL. Thanks, Heater, for panelling, mate. And thanks, Jimmy. See you Monday. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day.